0: Happy Easter to everyone. Wasn't that a perfect song to start our day, to start our thought about ascending through grace? And Christ arose. Wow, what a wonderful song. We defy gravity. We defy the restrictions and limitations of this life experience when we ascend out of race consciousness and into grace consciousness and to lay more groundwork than we even had last week, three things need to be deeply understood. First, the word consciousness. And then the third term, race consciousness. And finally, the term, grace consciousness. We're looking at moving out of a place in our thinking, our feelings, our beliefs, our values, our attitudes, our words, and our actions that is controlled. Unconsciously controlled, but nonetheless controlled by the accumulated collective thoughts, feelings, beliefs, values, attitudes, words, and actions of the human race. And race consciousness is so very often based on things like fear and lack and limitation. And separation. And what we know is that we are unconsciously affected by these race consciousness ideas. Until we make a deliberate and conscious choice to bring God into the picture. When we do that, we add a, a G for grace. And we get grace consciousness. And grace consciousness Moves us all to a place of love instead of fear. Abundance instead of lack. Freedom instead of limitation. Oneness instead of separation. Have you noticed when you listen to the news and the things today how much we talk about separation? There's them and us and you. We lose that sight that we are one especially in that incredible spirit of the one we worship and praise and sing to. That infinite spirit. And those ideas that we get from the love instead of fear, of abundance instead of lack, freedom instead of limitation, and oneness instead of separation, bring us love. Abundance. Freedom and oneness. They pretty much sum up the essence of grace, don't they? So on this beautiful Easter morning, let us look at the essence of grace, the idea of love, the idea of abundance, the idea of freedom, the idea of oneness. As relayed through the words of the angels of the tomb on Easter story on this beautiful Easter morning let us ascend through grace. According to the Gospel of Matthew which was read today I want to repeat it because it says when the first day of the week began to dawn there came Mary of Magdala and the other Mary to see the tomb and behold a great earthquake took place. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven and went up and rolled away the stone from the door and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his garments were white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards who were watching trembled and became as if they were dead. But the angel answered, saying to the women, You need not be afraid, for I know that you are seeking Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. There are three ideas in the last two sentences of this passage that I want us to explore this morning. Three ideas that speak to the idea of moving from the race consciousness beliefs in fear, lack, limitation, and separation to the grace consciousness ways of being, of love, of abundance, of freedom and oneness. Jesus' message of grace to and for us, love, Abundance, freedom, and oneness. And once again, it reads, The angel answered, saying to the women, You need not be afraid, for I know that you are seeking Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he has said. Can you imagine what was going through their minds those thousands of years ago, when that occurred? First here was this shining figure where they expected only grief, only terrible, terrible pain. And this shining figure came before them and said, you need not fear. He is not here. Go now. You need not be afraid. For I know that you are seeking Jesus. Fear To love is one of the saddest things we have. The first thing I am calling, fear to love. Even though the guards who were watching trembled when they saw the angel and became as if they were dead, anyone ever frozen in fear? The angel said to the woman, you need not be afraid. Why are we ever afraid? The answer is always the same, no matter what we are afraid of. The answer is always because we are believing in two powers, God and something else, rather than just God. You've probably all heard the acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real. Well, I have a new one for you this morning, forgetting everything about reality. Forgetting everything about reality. Now the definition of reality in the Science of Mind Glossary on page 624 says, reality actually means that which is indestructible, incapable of decay. Reality is unchanging and everlasting. The self we see is what we have thought about ourselves, the form we have molded by our thought. The real self is perfection, for God could not know anything unlike itself. Our sonship is reality, Christ abiding in us. The kingdom of God within is reality. Reality as concerning us is that God is in us, as us, and it is us. That's the reality we forget about when we are in fear. The angel told the woman in the tomb, you have no need to fear. In essence, the angel said, remember, there's only one power, God the good. Don't pay any attention to that which has no power. So how do we heed the angel's wisdom and turn from fear to reality with a capital R? We turn to fears opposite, which, according to the Course in Miracles, is what? Ah, yes, it is love. Here's a surefire way to get out of race consciousness-based fear. Simply think about something or someone you love. Try that right now. Just think, no matter what's going through your mind right now, what thoughts you have, easy, easy, easy things to do, close your eyes and think of someone you love and think of what you feel there. Thinking about someone or something you love. And the next step is to think of the lack and limitation of abundance and fear. Lack and limitation of abundance and fear. The message of fulfilled promises He has risen. We'll get to that idea next, but just as He had said, He has risen. Oh, we can count on the promises Jesus made. He made a number of promises and articulated them in different ways and words throughout His ministry. He promised that He had come so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That God would provide for us even more than He provided for the lilies of the field or the birds in the trees. That our faith would make us whole. Or, said another way, that it would be done to us as we believed. That God was within us. That those miracles which he did, we could do as well. That the kingdom of heaven was at hand, to name just a few. And because he filled the mother of all promises, I will rise. I think we can count on the others as well. We read that in awe. And he is saying you can count on all the other promises as well. Believe in me. These are all promises based on the essence of grace, abundance, and freedom and abundance and freedom become ours, when we rely on the transcendent promise of all these promises, God is within us. There is no separation. There is only one. All the others hinge upon this one. Each of us is a living expression of God, which takes us to the third thing the angel said. The angel said, he has risen. Former Congressman Morris Udall loved to tell the story about what happened in the Kremlin when Khrushchev died. He wrote, Brezhnev and other communist leaders wanted to get Khrushchev's body out of the country, so they called President Nixon to see if they could bury it in the United States. Don't think that would happen, do you? Mm-hmm. Nixon said he couldn't give them permission because he would receive too much criticism from the American people. The then called Prime Minister Keith of England and got a similar turndown. Finally, he called Prime Minister Golda Meir of Israel. Meir said she could help. If the Russians came in the middle of the night, they could bury the body in a remote spot. However, my ear added, I must warn you that this country has the world's highest resurrection rate. <laughs> what is the relevance of resurrection to us aside from the re- profound teaching of immortality, there is another layer. And of course, as learned metaphysicians, you know what that is. It's the idea of a resurrection in consciousness. It is the idea that we can, right here and now, rise above race consciousness into race and grace consciousness. And you do that by believing that you are a living expression of God. One as God, not separate from God. Do you believe that? All right, let's test it now with a quick exercise. Turn to the person sitting next to you and say, you are a perfect living expression of God. You are a perfect living expression of God. How did that feel? Good? Pretty easy? Right? Okay, now let's say to that same person, I am a perfect living expression of God. Mm-hmm. How about that one? Did the first one feel more comfortable? <laughs> if so, do you need to go back to point one and remember that the angel said, he is not afraid. What if? E-A-R, may still need to be crucified in your consciousness. What have you forgotten about reality? I, I love this promise that Ernest Holmes makes in the textbook on page 422. As the human gives way to the divine in all people, they become the Christ. And that is the meaning of Easter for us this morning. As the human gives way to the divine, each one of us becomes the Christ. I do not believe that the second coming of Christ is what Jesus descends from heaven to draw to him the chosen ones. Rather, it is when each one of us ascends grace from fear to love from lack to abundance from limitation to freedom and from separation to oneness and in that a realization that there is only one power one presence in all life and that power, that presence is God and all good. I'm going to conclude today with a story from Tyler Perry. You may remember him as a writer and actor. And I want you to see in this experience the ascension from race to grace consciousness as you observe love, abundance, fear, and oneness. Throughout. Tyler Perry wrote, As I was walking from my car to the studio one day, a woman who appeared to be homeless started walking toward me. I'm ashamed to say this, but I thought I don't feel much like being hustled today. Then I quickly felt guilty, so I started digging in my pocket for some money. And as she got closer, I noticed (laughs) that she had the kindest eyes I had ever seen. As I was reaching into my pocket, she she started to speak. I thought, here goes the sales pitch. But instead she said, excuse me, sir. I need some shoes. Can you help me? At those words, my eyes filled with tears because I remembered being on the streets and having only one pair of run-over shoes I was taken aback for a second. I composed myself, and I took her inside the studio and had my wardrobe people find shoes in her size. And as she put the shoes on, she started crying, praising God and thanking Jesus and saying, my feet are off the ground. My feet are off the ground. Several of the wardrobe people started crying. I I was crying as I thought, wow, wow. All she wanted was some shoes. She quickly disappeared and never asked me for a dime. I realized that I still had the money in my hand, so I went out looking for her. She was gone, just that quick. So I looked all around the neighborhood for her, and I finally found her standing on a corner looking down at her shoes, still crying and saying, my feet are off the ground My feet are off the ground. I was so touched. I asked her how she had gotten homeless. She told me that she had AIDS and that she was waiting to get into a shelter. She said that her family had turned their backs on her and that she had no place to go. But she knew that God would make a way for her. I said to myself... He just did. Her faith and her praise moved me. I took her to a nearby hospital, a nearby hotel, and put her up. I had a staff member check on her from time to time to make sure she had food and clothes. And after about a month or so, we lost touch. But uh, I never forgot her. This past summer, I was shooting Daddy's Little Girl, and this woman walks up to me smiling. I didn't recognize her face, but her eyes were familiar. She had on a really nice dress, and her hair was done. It was her. She told me that the little help I had given her had changed her life. I tell this story for one reason. After I met this woman, every time I think about complaining and mumbling, I remember her words. My feet are off the ground. And that, my friends, sounds like divine gravity and descending into the most amazing grace to me. And may it help to lead you to that amazing grace in your life, in every part of your life, in every second of your life, in every moment that you're alive, where instead of thinking of the I have not, I cannot, we think of the I can, I do, I love, and I am loved. And we let that grace fill us and help us to grow and become more and more and to understand more and more and to reach deeper inside of each one of us that that love may live with us And we in it. And so it is. Amen.